Hey everyone, it's Sunny from the editing future. Um, I'm just here to say that this episode was actually recorded during the summer. So that's sort of some context. And yeah, but it's the end of the year and, you know, everyone's still talking about Barbie, I guess. So, you know, you can hear our thoughts in this episode as well as our thoughts about many other things as usual. So hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everyone and welcome to the Lavender Menace. I'm one of your co-hosts, Renaissance, and this is the first time we're recording not IRL, Renaissance, not IRL. So yeah. sad. I'm Sunny, the other half of Renaissance. Let's let's just get right into it. We have a few hot takes we want to get into. Do you want to start with the first one yes hey senescence hope you are both doing well my hot take is that i'm starting to hate the language that people on the left have started using when talking about misogyny i've noticed that lots of leftists particularly male feminists parentheses throwing up emoji are avoiding (laughs) yeah are avoiding using the word misogyny when that's literally what they're talking about For example, someone could be talking about a misogynistic myth or stereotype about women that has been widely accepted as fact for centuries, and instead of calling it what it is, they'll call it things like incel ideology or quote-unquote conservative gender roles slash ideals. This is annoying and stupid for a few reasons. Firstly, incels are a relatively new phenomenon, and all of their ideas about women are rooted in the same misogyny that has been around for literally centuries. Secondly, people on the left perpetuate gender roles almost as much as conservatives, so this language is very arbitrary, I think. And lastly, I feel like not calling misogyny misogyny is harmful because it waters down how prevalent it is in our society and instead blames blames it on specific groups of people, such as incels and conservatives, when in reality it is upholded by or upheld by pretty much everyone. Watering down the language when talking about any kind of movement has always been dangerous to that movement and only has ever served to make the oppressing group, in this case men, more comfortable. Like literally call a spade a fucking spade instead of trying to reinvent new phrases to describe age-old issues, LMAO. Would love to know your guys' thoughts, though. Thank you, Anonymous. <laughs> thank you, this thank is... you, listener, emailer. In important point i think because it is true Mm -hmm. like misogyny is not just like a right-wing thing it is an everyone thing like she's saying like our listeners Mm -hmm. saying you can't just say a conservative gender ideology or conservative gender roles or incels or whatnot like Mm -hmm. that's not that's not why people are saying these things that's not why the world is operating the way that it does it's because of what has existed for a long time and Mm -hmm. it's the same thing that has existed for a long time it's the same thing that's being perpetuated by everyone and it's misogyny like yeah literally i mean first of all you can just look at france a lot of people (laughs) there can be a lot of quote-unquote leftist men and a lot of raging (laughs) misogyny at the same time okay it's called french male politicians (laughs) Because it's so embedded in, like, just how people think and, Mm -hmm. like, the gender divide 
that existing in itself is a production or a way to uphold misogyny. Because I remember one of my French professors, she, before we got into a text, had to, like, broke down the words. And it's like, mm-hmm. so we see sexist and, like, mm-hmm. broke down the two words. And it was like, misogyny, that's literally hatred of mm-hmm. women. That's yeah. what that word means on the board. Versus, like, just, like, sex discrimination or something Uh like or just pointing out like gender differences and like what that actually means i think that a lot of people don't recognize how much is actually like it's just because people hate women or people hate like gender depressed people in a way that they see them as women and that's why they hate them one way or the other and that's just like way more prevalent than i think people give credit to i think people gloss over misogyny with just like this vague ignorance rather than calling it specifically what it is yeah like it's i think what our listeners saying is true when you just can pin it when you're trying to pin it on like a small group of people as opposed to a collective reality and also the systemic sort of truth of this issue you're you're not really identifying what is happening here like your mm-hmm. incels and conservative gender roles and ideals are a product of misogyny they are not what they that's not a replacement for identifying misogyny for what it is i think like feminist movement of current and how feminism operates of now and the way that people exist like online and stuff and how we can see the condition of women around the world like online is very interesting within this context because more so than ever like there's so much it is so obvious and evident and so glaringly present like in front of everyone's faces how violent misogyny is and how misogynistic people truly are in how in their regard for women and in every way that they think and interact with each other and with you know and with the world Mm -hmm. and like and yet even women who shouldn't necessarily be praised or are deserving of criticisms in other ways like let's Mm -hmm. just take like hillary clinton for example Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say either of us are necessarily (laughs) ride or dies for hillary clinton (laughs) but there's also just so much like if i was her i too would be pissed about being like i can drop bombs just as well as all these (laughs) other men and right you're hating on me for what for being, a, being like a woman. just on the basis of being a woman yeah that's absurd and also just like the level of misogyny and harassment and mm-hmm. all of those things and it's like and the level of scrutiny that women mm-hmm. receive and girls like children receive online because mm-hmm. they are women because they are girls like it is fucking insane I mean, because of the digital age and whatnot, like, everyone is hyper-surveilled at all times, and you can also surveil yourself and engage yourself into it by putting, by, you know. But it's, like, even just thinking about how, I I saw something that was about, I I think I, like, saw a post about how women in, like, Pakistan or something, like, won't sit on motorcycle bikes with their, like, legs 
like straddling the bike behind a man or like you know w- mm-hmm. when riding one while holding stuff they have to sit on the side with their legs together because otherwise they'll like get harassed and like shouted at and like people will like or they'll like get hate crimed essentially and it's like yeah or in a lot of countries where like women just cannot leave the house by themselves essentially or even with other people without getting just harassed and followed and shouted at we're gonna talk about the barbie movie today but like there's some countries Mm -hmm. where the barbie movie was banned because for misogynistic reasons essentially and so there are like girls and women who are online being like oh this is so frustrating i just wanted to go see the movie because i had a little outfit planned and i wanted to like go do the thing but Mm -hmm. i can't because the fucking politicians here all hate women it's like it's so evident everywhere and it's so I, like like it's I, not yeah. just in the in the reproductive laws and regulations <laughs> like it's way right. way beyond that yes it's just which i think people... is like the most obvious yeah touch point it's it's the most obvious and yet it's the most easy to forget for a lot of people just the way that like women are constantly being like murdered and violated and abused like constantly and then when they do, the internet comes and people on the internet then try to discuss like whether they were justified in being murdered or abused. And and then their, some blue check mark ass account is like, yeah. smash or pass? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. And what then, if you killed you? Sorry. Right. I mean, I'm not going to say that on a recorded episode. What Videos if- of people being abused or become like viral, become like viral content on like Twitter. Mm-hmm. Of just like women getting beat up by their partners, it's like, and, and it's like now this is just like fodder for the internet. It's like this is so, all misogyny. Fuck ass screenshot of a scene of a oh my god sexual assault scene yeah. in a film just got twenty thousand likes yeah and People a bunch posting. of men fantasizing about reenacting it and it's like. It's like, yeah. I don't want to say that prison is the answer. Let me, like, let me stay true <laughs> to my communist beliefs. But a lot of men need to start in prison and justify their way out of society, I think. Like, I, and I don't mean that for real. But in my sentiment, that's, that's just the, that's no. the only way I can express it. I'm like, you just can't be saying anything you want willy-nilly. Yeah. Like, you can't tweet that and then just lock your phone and put it in your pocket and go about your day. Like, I yeah. think... We live in a world where you feel comfortable and are comfortable doing that, and that is very sick and twisted, when really, you should be shot multiple times. (laughs) Like, you should not be allowed to touch people, I don't think, (laughs) ever, in any context. A lot of you, a lot of these dudes are just, like, are just rapists. They're rapists, whether, like, they are rapists to be, if they're not already rapists. <laughs> like, is really what they are. Which is they, terrifying. Yes. I, I was like, what is... I remember in high school, I was trying to articulate this to some teenage boy in my fucking AP Gov class. Oh, God. Miserable. 
And I was like, you don't understand. As a woman, when you walk outside, when you are in the world, every man is a potential rapist. Every man is. Like, every man that you interact with is someone who can rape and abuse you. And that is just how it is. And he was like, um, that's actually... He, he was, like, looking at me like I was fucking crazy and being like... And being like... Um, you saying that is, like, the same thing as, like, racial profiling. Like, if someone, like, walks out on the street and, like, sees a black person, and this, this person is white, obviously. Uh, this guy's, this dude's a white guy. And this black person is, like, immediately, like, a criminal. And you just assume that because he's black. And I'm like, well, that's because most black people are not criminals, but a lot of men are misogynists. And most rapists are men. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, that's because one of these things is rooted in reality and one of them is not. Like, that is, that's the truth of the matter, to be quite honest. Dead ass. Okay. And I think it's such a fucking cop-out or just, like, because I think people hear that or, like, like, trans folks will hear that and then, like, find a way to twist it against trans people. But the reality is trans women face the brunt of misogynistic violence like Mm. why men exploit the opportunity to abuse people or exploit the systems of patriarchy that they know already exist and can rest on to save their ass to whatever degree of crime and assault that they want to assert is because the temptation of power and domination and also getting away with it Mm -hmm. like it's too you can easy say that you did that shit and still not face any repercussions for being mm-hmm. a terrible person mm-hmm. is a because people don't care about privilege. women mm-hmm. and, and because you as a as a man you know you that people know are going to care about your victim at yeah. all yeah that is a level of temptation and power that a every lot man of is offered men, Every man is offered and just can't seem to resist, just can't Mm -hmm. seem to be a better person, can look at the face of misogyny, of misogynistic rhetoric, at the ways that they have internalized beliefs about women, and not do anything about it. And in fact, continue to think that and perpetrate that because it benefits them. And that structure and that reality is what makes men so threatening Mm -hmm. and potentially violent Mm -hmm. in a way that other women now have to mediate and regulate their lives and their own autonomy around that and men Mm -hmm. are too tempted and give into the temptation of taking up that much space and and face face no consequence no one ever judges them for how selfish the patriarchy actually is yeah, I mean, it's, like, because no one gives a fuck about, like, trans women, about prostitutes and homeless women and fucking foster kids. These are all the people who are, and, like, obviously, like, immigrant women, undocumented women. These are the women who are most likely to be victims of femicide or of being, like, sex trafficked because... These men, pimps, johns, abusers, they know that people do not care about them. And, like, I th- I think that is a reflection of the misogyny of this world that also, like, I think because for women who are not within, who don't exist within the positions of having to face 
of, of, of like having to face those extreme marginalizations of society like to imagine yourself as the potential victim of like a heinous crime in a true crime scenario and to mm-hmm. self-insert yourself in that in engaging with and, and listening to true crime podcasts and whatever and like really being into that a a lot of that content and stuff and a lot of that media is very much it's obsessed with and it's a reflection of our culture's misogyny it's obsessed with the perpetrator and the guy who did the violence we look we focus so much on what he did how he did it why he did it who he is and no one gives a fuck about the people who were harmed by him the people who were murdered by him and the family members of those people like people don't actually care about that because they care so much about the idea of like this of like the serial killer of the man of the guy who got away with something or who who potentially did a crime and like there's that and then there's also the fact that i think a lot of women are are even though they themselves constantly every day face the reality of misogyny and sexual violence and the gendered violence of the patriarchy that we live under it's so much easier for them in a lot of ways to sympathize with and see themselves on the same level as men within their same like class range within their same race sort of mm-hmm. level within their same who exists on the same plane of them in their day-to-day like lives and in, in the way that they conceive of themselves in a way that is just not fathomable for them to like conceive of solidarity with like the women or connection and sympathy with women who are actually most who are actually the victims of like trafficking and you know like because of the way that like as as a woman you're most vulnerable around like men in your community oftentimes and Mm -hmm. but it's easier to think of some imaginary individual scary guy out there or some individual criminal who is out to like kidnap you and like get you and rape you than it is for you to think about the fact of the very much baked in misogyny of this world and the reality that like the parties that you go to and the like whether you're in like the indie music scene your friends your friends friends your neighbor people that you welcome into your home yes the men that you've been dating for years like those are the people who are most likely to enact the most brutal misogynistic violence against you and and that is also the same reason why girls who and girls and women who are experiencing like prostitution or sex trafficking and whatnot like those are the the men who are the closest to them in their lives they're their boyfriends who are pimping them out they are abandoned by everyone else in the world there's no support systems and structures for women and girls in like a very real way because the systems and structures that do exist are just like men getting like what they want you know a wife or Mm -hmm. a girlfriend or like someone who works for them someone who's under them someone who's under them fundamentally and of course men run everything in terms of systems within the world at at large so I, i but i think like people it's hard it's really hard for people to conceive of like this reality and like this truth it's so it's kind of it's very mind-boggling really and like tragic but you know 
that is the reality of the situation. Like it's it's one that you have to not accept in a passive way, but you have to accept it in order to know how you want to change it and what that actually looks like and mm-hmm. let that I think rage and anger of that truth of the reality mm-hmm. that we currently live in motivate you to like speak out on that shit when you hear it because once you I think really understand is I think especially in the way that like misogynistic rhetoric mm-hmm. is like proliferated just everywhere yeah proliferated yeah. everywhere and all the time yes it's something that you can't unhear and it's going to annoy you con- like constantly but it's also something that you then can figure out how to speak against and when you hear people use those points people in your life who you're trying to talk to or people who you know might even have good intentions in terms of their politics but find themselves replicating or repeating misogynistic talking points it allows you to actually recognize those things for what they are rather than let them blindly exist around you i think which is something that like i just i just don't i just don't pull punches when i hear it like thank goodness (laughs) i am really in a space where i feel like physically threatened like i don't like if there's going to be major consequences like don't like you know know yourself and your environment and your surroundings but it is like when given the opportunity i think it's like important to know that that is the reality that we live in and that when other people say that it's not that's not Mm -hmm. (laughs) the truth Mm -hmm. exactly just one more thing i recently read a magazine from 1993 it was from march of 1993 and Mm -hmm. on like in some of the ways the way that women are perceived in public has gone so far in a way where i was like whoa like just 30 years ago it it was shameful. It was, like, actually shameful to, like, have a period. Like, to open a pad in a bathroom stall was, like, teen girls would rather die than anyone know that they're on their period. And I'm, oh my like... Oh, God. Girl. People were standing up in the middle of my math class in high school being, like, anyone have a pad? Like, <laughs> like yeah. it was just like that. And then in, so, in some ways, I was, like... We've regressed. A, a lot about, like, yeah, we've regressed a little mm-hmm. bit. Especially when I think it comes, like, what does sexual freedom mean for teen girls has gotten a little bit out of control. But now I think we're also regressing too far. It's, it's a mess. Twitter, mm. X, Elon Musk, <laughs> election. There is something that's been happening for the past 10 years that is just not good for the culture. But please, please. Yeah. That's, that's my last note. Shall we go to the next one? Yes. All right, so we got a hot take or an email. <laughs> that subject line is all caps. Where are the dykes at? <laughs> I ask Hi. myself that every day. <laughs> Hi, Sunny Renaissance. Sorry about the brass subject headline. Dot, 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 dot. I'm Marie, <laughs> she, her, femme lesbian. Not a hot take, but more of a begging and pleading for advice. <laughs> I'm going to be moving to New York before the year is over for college, and I would love to know how the hell to make lesbian or just queer friends outside of just school. I have queer friends in my home country, but I'm from a Caribbean island, and it's not as easy to have queer meetings, and in general, we have we all have less freedom. Not to sound like a hashtag loser, but sometimes I see the butch femmes post hangout pictures on Twitter, and I feel insanely jealous. I know the obvious answer is to go to bars and clubs, and I'm only 18, and aren't bars in America like 21 plus? Question mark, question mark. 
mm-hmm. also American culture is pretty different to Caribbean culture and I have no clue what's a socially acceptable way to make friends here basically how do I make lesbian friends in the adult New York world also on a totally unrelated note do you guys have recommendations on readings when it comes to teaching slash raising children with a socialist communist lens or just child rights acti- activism in general thank you guys in advance love y'all thank you so much Marie. thank you so much Marie for this email first off Marie, we're doing a signal out for you. So any yes, any eighteen any. or under twenty one, um, <laughs> New York City lesbians, New York dykes. lesbians who listen to this podcast, like yeah. I don't know, like we'll we'll see what we can do. Feel free, yeah. if <laughs> y'all. Link, Marie seems cool. Link up. Maybe <laughs> yeah, y'all link up. Like Marie, meet and greet New York. Like okay, we got that. We got you. The other thing, I think, honestly, if you see people hang out on Twitter and you see them be like, what's up? (laughs) Or just, like, start talking, to be honest, is how a lot of, like, a lot of, like, online lesbian friends have just now become lesbian friends whom I talk to are, like, long-distance friends rather than just online friends. And if you find out that you're, like, in the same area, then... You can just become, like, meeting someone online is different than having an online friend if you actually live in the same area or see them in real life. Yeah. So it's definitely not a terrible way to meet people, especially, like, lesbians or just, like, queer people in general. Yeah, meeting people from Twitter University, why not? (laughs) Yeah. And trust, it does suck when you're under 18. Or, well, if you're in New York, listen maybe is it illegal to tell underage people to sneak into bars like on a published thing don't sneak into bars don't get a fake id what's that yeah don't underage drink (laughs) anyway so like especially in like new york like you know like if, if if but if you don't want to or that's not your scene in general like yeah respect but listen desperate times call for desperate measures and being yeah. a femme lesbian and meeting <laughs> friends might be might be a desperate means a desperate measure yeah so like just become umfies of someone on twitter or instagram mm-hmm. like their posts swipe up on their stories see if they mm-hmm. reciprocate if they do dm a little bit if or or just hit them with the let's get coffee oh you're in new york oh my gosh wait hold on like i'm in new york too like where are you mm-hmm. what borough are you in <laughs> or like if like maybe you get a couple fees you do some like dming an event comes up you post who wants to go to this with me or being yes. like hey there's this lesbian event going on that's yeah. like 18 plus is um, everyone going to the zine fair who's yeah going? And then, yeah, I saw on Twitter that Lottie, the head of Beloved, my mm-hmm. uh, my bestie, Oomph Bay, they mm-hmm. pulled up to a lesbian event in New York City, and they, like, just, like, met some other femme lesbians there, and now they're, like, mm-hmm. friends. So, yeah. Exactly. Like, and, just like, go to things. Dyke marches, or anything that's, yeah. like, a public event as well, because yeah. usually those will be, like, they'll be, like, 21 plus areas but like anyone can go to like 
yeah marches or like stuff like that and also i'd say like give it time like when i was 18 there's no way that i could have predicted what my social landscape was going to look like when i was Mm -hmm. 22 or now that i'm 22 and in -hmm. reality it happened over the course of like four years like a pretty fast turnaround looking back on it but like Mm -hmm. but it felt in the moment yeah it felt in the moment so far away so it also say like listen it's it might be a process but trust the process trust the journey it's about the journey not the destination so Yeah. yeah 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 for sure and then when it comes to teaching or raising children with a socialist communist lens there's an article that's not necessarily for children but it's um children as an oppressed class and i'm pretty sure if you just google that um it will come up hold on let me it's from august 2nd 2021 by mitch siuria i'm guessing is how to pronounce the last name and it's on biopoliticalphilosophy.com and it might not be it's been a while since i read it i think i maybe read it sometime last year and i don't remember agreeing with like everything everything necessarily but i think it's like a pretty good starting point or the framework that it establishes in terms of talking about the material reality of children like in a very straightforward yeah, way yeah. and how their autonomy like what autonomy do they lack just by nature of like growing up versus how much society and adults take away children's autonomy mm-hmm. so that is a pretty interesting article if you're looking at a way to as a communist or as a socialist look at how you treat children um, I found that to be a very illuminating thing yeah Yeah, illuminating read Mm -hmm. yeah um do you want to read johanna's take hot take sure yes okay hello sunny and renaissance my name is johanna and my pronouns are they she i currently identify as bisexual but honestly i feel like with every day that passes i like men even less and i'm thinking about just using (laughs) queer as my label because i'm not sure if i'm a lesbian or not but i'm really questioning it after discovering your pod classic (laughs) pipeline the bisexual (laughs) to queer to lesbian pipeline you're well on your way johanna And I mean, if you're if you're just bisexual, it's fine too. Like, girl, be who you yeah. are for your pride, <laughs> or be a lesbian, or yeah. be bisexual. Both. It's up to you. Well, Both as in, be who you are for your pride and be a lesbian slash be who you are for your pride or be, bis- and be exactly. bisexual. But something I do know for sure is that I want to date women for real. So last summer, I downloaded my first dating app. First, first mistake. Vine down. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been in a, I've been in a variety of them, but have been extremely disappointed by a phenomenon I didn't know existed, which is that straight women occupy the majority of the profiles that pop up on my explore tab. This mm. is how you can identify them. They don't use a sexuality <laughs> label, or sometimes they're even bold enough to put straight 
red flag. <laughs> if you're not confident enough to even use bisexual or any other queer label, then why do you even open up your profile's <laughs> preference to everyone in the first place? So I asked my straight roommate about this, and she said, yeah, lots of straight women do that because they're curious about what the other side oh looks like. God. They don't really want to date a woman. Even I Y'all not it. straight for real? What? God. Now, I want to make it clear that there's nothing wrong with wanting to experiment and explore sexuality, <laughs> but it definitely becomes a problem when the majority of people on the WLW, Woman Loving Women dating pool, are Correct, the bicurious yeah, bi girls that aren't serious about dating women. I'm sure that they're allies for the most part, <laughs> but is it really allyship when what you're doing is basically taking up space within the date within the queer dating pool i'm tired of swiping through people who are not serious about being queer because they truly are a waste of time they match just for the sake of matching but never respond to messages or show any type of interest in even a fling if it makes some of the listeners feel better i'm also very single and have never been in a relationship so don't worry if you two are not having any luck with dating but the weirdest part is that when I tried to Google if anyone else had experienced this, nothing popped up and I felt quite isolated in this experience, which is why I'm emailing you if y'all have come across this phenomenon. In conclusion, straight women need to get off the queer side of dating apps. Why did this feel like an essay, LOL? Thank you for creating the best lesbian podcast and for talking about topics that other content creators are too afraid to talk about. Love, <laughs> Johanna. Thank you so Thank much, you, Johanna. Johanna. <laughs> Definitely an oppositional rating to our podcast from some people on Twitter, but no, dating apps, unfortunately, like, lesbians can't have shit. If you're under 21, mm -hmm. you can't go to the bars. There's mm -hmm. no more lesbian bars. Mm -hmm. You try to go on the dating apps. No. It's a flop. <laughs> it's a flop. As, like, I wouldn't say I was, like, on the dating apps, but, like, I had a profile. Mm -hmm. Every six months, I'd remember that I have a profile. Mm -hmm. Swipe when I was bored for, like, mm -hmm. a couple, like, a couple times for fun. Mm -hmm. And I realized, I think, especially when you're femme for butch, whether you know it or not, like mm -hmm. you're just you're the number of makeup bisexual makeup artists that oh i, I swiped through it's like true bisexual makeup artists yep yeah yep it was really like bad. it's like you, <laughs> like i want to match and be like wow like i love your eyeshadow but i'm not trying to i'm not trying to do anything like, yeah sometimes like, like sometimes it's almost harder because you're like even if it is someone who's like straight or maybe just like whatever it's like you don't want to match for like the wrong idea but sometimes i'm like well, I feel like we have a lot in common. I don't want to yeah. hook up with you, though. Yeah. Um, no, that's how it is for me. Like, me and all my femme friends, it's always, like, mm -hmm. you're on the apps and you see all these other girls who are exactly like you. <laughs> all these other bitches who have the same, your same fucking aesthetic, your same mm -hmm. pronouns, your same wardrobe. Ugh. your same like, interests, so your many... same music taste, and you're like, oh my god, like, let's be friends, but in like an actual serious way, as opposed <laughs> because exactly, because I know what I want, and it's not you, babes. But a lot of these girlies, they don't know what they want necessarily, so they're like, mm -hmm. sure, question mark. And look, we've all been there, but but also, do I want fifty femme gay? friends like no like i'm sure i'd get along but it's yeah. like i don't that uh, like 
I don't need more sexually incompatible people in my life. Like that's Please. 99% of the world to me, right, to be right, honest. Right. And then someone on Twitter, like a couple months ago or whatever, like this person was like trying to start like a butch femme dating app, but that oh, person ended up being a terrible, God, like a, that was crazy. Like a, a genuinely Dude, terrible person. The whole time with the whole app, I was like, this is hilarious. Cause this is never gonna, <laughs> it, it's not gonna work. And also I just feel like there's something about like, a lesbian dating app or like i think specifically like a butch femme dating app that just feels so antithetical to what that community means Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i think even meeting online is different than Mm -hmm. meeting on like a butch femme app and then if you why are you trying to appify some this shit exactly and then if you're not but it's like what you're gonna use like her or like yeah. whatever the fuck. Okay, like, Lex and her and shit and whatever. Like yeah. they're already comedic. It's already comedic. Like it's like, it, it, and it, it's also it's just like cis lesbians as far as the eye can see. Like that's thing mm. is is when you're based in real and like a dyke for real, it's actually it makes it harder to date than if you're just like yeah i'm just a girl who likes girls and i'm cis mm-hmm. and i she her pronouns and i just want another long-haired cis <laughs> she her girlfriend <laughs> that in, ter- in terms of ease i feel like of dating or whatever yeah. and like if that is your sexual compatibility it's like you gotta okay. be that's baby shit it's gotta be come on exactly i'm like i'm like i feel like y'all should you as y'all as a demographic should be having way more sex if that's the case like (laughs) but um no but i think johanna's experience of being like a real bisexual and then all these bitches mm -hmm. being fake as fuck is so unfortunate because i feel like that is the case for a lot of people you you do get that roadblock of like oh i saw it yeah i see it every day like where you're like you're trying, you're trying, you're trying. But it's a flop, it's a flop, it's a flop. And then... And then you just give up. And then you suffer. Like, so many straight women on there, for sure. And I'm like, do you just want gay friends? Like, is that, is that <laughs> why you're here? But then also there's, like, the cursed, like, looking for a third. With, oh like, seven God. pictures of, like, a very pretty woman. And then slide eight, boom, jump scare. The ugliest boyfriend you've ever seen. No. And it's like... Dead ass. Like, you... oh, And why are you doing this to her? No, like... <laughs> I've, why I've are never you seen subjective? a boyfriend-fronted... <laughs> tinder profile looking for a third <laughs> i've never i've only seen them when he's at least five photos deep <laughs> like like and his his name is in small print it'll be like sarah bold interest and then john in small parentheses <laughs> at the bottom like oh i'm crying please 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 yeah but oh. yeah i so it's like if, if we're gonna stay on the apps it's gonna be the apps i agree that straight women need to get off of the queer side of dating but i also feel like queerness is just something that once again at its core is not compatible with like capitalism and i feel like dating apps mm-hmm. are such a product of our social isolation and such a reflection of more heterosexual values and ways mm-hmm. that straight people approach each other or see each other which is just generally not compatible with gayness and i think especially like 
lesbian relationships even if you are bisexual but like wanting to date women for real mm-hmm. that is just like it's i mean we know one lesbian couple <laughs> met on a dating app who yep. are real as fuck yep. but it's kind of like a lightning in a bottle situation mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and it would have been so easy for them to like be incompatible or for their mm-hmm. first date to like not have gone well and then what mm-hmm. would have happened you know so it's just like yeah it's not something that I would necessarily, like, recommend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Of all the lesbian couples that I know, let's see. Well, quite a few of them just, like, met at school, like, mm-hmm. doing stuff at school, you know, theater or whatever. One friend, they met through the dating. I think, like, they literally went on a date off, date off of Bumble and then, like, mm-hmm. moved in. Like, it was, like, they went on one yeah. day, and then now they've, like, been together for years. Like, right, right, right. Yeah, they hung out, and then, I think, literally never stopped. Right, seriously. Like, like I, th- like, I think, like... They li- yeah, and now they have, they, like, four like, cats. Like, seriously. Yeah, one of them went over one day. Yeah. And then never left, <laughs> and then they moved, like, halfway across the country together, and, like, got Exactly. But, like... And that's their sleigh. But th- that's them. And then everyone else mm-hmm. I know met either on Twitter or, like, at school. That's that's really it. Twitter University it. or actual university, IRL <laughs> University. Everyone's yeah. double enrolled at Twitter and it's cool. No. <laughs> oh, actually, I brought a rye on the podcast before. Rye mm-hmm. made their girlfriend listen to us. <laughs> on the, Real, which is funny, but no, I think they met on a dating app and they've been together for a while now. So, but I feel it's it's like it's. And like all dating is random, or all meeting people yeah. that you're but see the exception but... prove the rule. And also, Rye is like mm-hmm. a mask, and our other friends, they're sort of in the middle of nowhere. It, like it just depends mm-hmm. on where you are, and like you know, it's just weird. I, what, I mean, the genre of gay people are around you. Literally, the genre of gay people around you totally defines. The dating app experience, but also mm. like just also just like dating in general. Well, mm. I mean, Johanna also had DM'd us and asked us about whether we would be down to talk, do an episode where we talk about how we approach dating as a lesbian or just as a queer person. I know a lot of listeners are already cuffed, but many of us, including myself, lol, aren't. And also, a few months mm-hmm. ago, I sent an email to y'all about how dating apps suck for queer people, and I constantly see straight women in them. So, yeah, so she had also messaged us that mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, like... Well, we a- tr- we tried to fight it with our butch femme Google sheet, which, I mean, is technically oh, still yeah. open, I believe. It's so, not even just and- butch femme. It's just, like, lesbian dating. Yeah. yeah. So there's that as an alternative to the... <laughs> we were trying oh. to fight... Yeah, no, there's that. We, like, to, we sent out help as y'all. many matches as we could based off of, like interest location compatibility and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's that and we've gotten some good feedback even if yeah. it hasn't worked out but i've been like but we did get along so <laughs> good job <laughs> like pairing yeah. us and we're like yeah. yay, yay. So. exactly that's fun i mean yeah i feel like god yeah dating is pretty random and in terms of just like the apps i feel like have i have have i ever been on a successful dating app date i don't think so and successful on what terms like just generally i had a date that like wasn't 
terrible but it didn't like leave like there wasn't even a second day but i yeah. didn't like want to die when i was like yeah. on it so i guess it exactly but yeah i've been on dates off of dating apps where like we show i show up there and like their nails are too long and i'm like well whatever <laughs> and and i and guess see. i'll get my latte to go okay <laughs> hang out for a few hours yeah. but then but i'm like i'm never gonna see you again ever whatever and that's fine again the exception proves proves the rule in the situation mm-hmm. that we brought up it's like it's hard to meet people like organically or whatever the fuck that means like i swear to god for every for every one lesbian couple i know that got together because like either a dating app or just like meeting each other at school i know three who met on twitter yeah like it is crazy unfortunately twitter is the dating app of lesbians but like i don't want that no one wants that like no i i'm not i'm not saying and we're all jumping for joy i'm saying that that is the reality of which we're living like we have a mutual friend sarah yeah um who is like who also recognizes that the reality is yeah. meeting other lesbians on Twitter? That doesn't mean we like it. <laughs> it's just it, you're what? Where else? Where else can you like do the vetting? Have access to DMs? Have access to pictures? People are putting what kind of lesbian they are, or like if they are lesbian in their bio. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess Instagram, but that feels so lesbian in some ways. Well, Instagram is what you get like after you dm them on twitter like yes there is instagram but who who is just searching up random ass instagram accounts i feel like that just takes more effort rather than like yeah how you can how how you can find an oomph of an oomph of an oomph or whatever exactly you see like your friend tweets something funny and then you see that it was quote retweeted and then you go through the quote retweets and you see that someone that you think Mm -hmm. is cute quote retweeted something funny so then you go to their mm-hmm. account so then you see and the next thing you know you've like stalked them and like their family or whatever so <laughs> oh my god dude last night at the party anna was like sunny i was scrolling tiktok and i saw renaissance's boyfriend <laughs> on my page and Please. i was like wait why did i have a following <laughs> they do i frequently forget though and then i'm like oh yeah 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 they do they do have a following on tiktok but it feels it they talk about it like it's like work like it's like like it's so yeah i'm sorry i i listen that's his income i mean he's very passionate about tiktok and more people should send him (laughs) business inquiries and he really cares about the platform (laughs) let me let me let me not let me not spread let me not spill his tea out out on the podcast Dude, but I mean, def- okay. Definitely, if you wanted to like send him like three hundred dollars for a sponsored TikTok, <laughs> anyone, any business people out there, please. No, but like, what's worse than the Twitter lesbians who met on Twitter is the TikTok lesbians who met on TikTok because that has at least at least we didn't like meet. We don't have any formative DMs. I actually <laughs> didn't follow him back. Thank God. Oh my God. He didn't follow so you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I think, but I, I can't. I couldn't remember. But anyway, yeah. 
But I think like actual TikTok, like actual lesbians who are on TikTok who met because of TikTok, yep, started DMing, yep. talking because of TikTok, yep. and that now shit's make ungodly. TikToks together. That shit is ungodly. No, 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 That is the worst evolution chain from like the YouTube lesbians of the 2010s. Is the TikTok lesbians like like that is the worst like path that you that we could have taken as a community after like Shannon and Cammy broke up like the Shannon and Cammy breakup changed the online community lesbian online community scene in a way that I don't think we talk about enough. It hasn't recovered since like no yeah but speaking of lesbian breakups do you want to talk about the Barbie movie? Oh my god. <laughs> wait, guys, wait, actually, here's a lesbian dating tip. You should just go through mm-hmm. our followers. There you go. <laughs> make, make a Twitter account, go through our followers. You guys or find each on other. Ins- on Instagram, like, find each mm-hmm. other. Go you through our comment I mean? section. No, like, come on. Very simple. <laughs> mm hmm. God, the two craziest bitches you know being like, oh, and you should like, y'all should be friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, our listeners are already crazy if they're listening to us. And especially mm-hmm. if you're a listener listener, even just a one-off <laughs> episode listener, like, you know what? Y'all should date each other. Y'all should. <laughs> you deserve each other. Yeah. Like, one of those dramatic ass scenes <laughs> <laughs> in a movie you two are both crazy you deserve each other that's us two yes <laughs> like, yes literally uh, god well yes the barbie movie we did see it we did get dressed up in our little pink outfits and mm-hmm. we did look very cute and adorable and uh if you see, follow us on the instagram speaking of you would have seen and the people lived the people did live we both rated it independently before telling our ratings to each other yes. 3.5 which yes, is interesting i thought mm-hmm. i was i was wondering if i was like i was nervous to rate it 3.5 and then i saw you did as well and i was like because like it's not a poorly made movie in fact it's a very well-made movie mm-hmm. it is well made the that production that set design went fucking crazy yes like Barbie wow. Land, they went. They oh, ate that. They ate that. Ate that. <laughs> like the part of like the intro scene or Barbie's like wake up scene where we yes. see her going through her routine. Mm-hmm. Like what's what's like essentially like a sticker versus what is like physical, which is like mm-hmm. true to the accessories mm-hmm. of the actual Barbie house and yes. like the label on things. Yeah, and. Also, the sizing ratio, like how Barbie is a little bit too big for like her car yes. or like some of the things or like she's the same height as her fridge yes. or things like that, which is true. If you've ever like yes. it wasn't human um, mm-hmm. like ratios, which I the think water. Is, yeah, the, the pool being a sticker. Yeah, like the going to the shower and like she's like showering, but there's no water coming out. Like mm-hmm. it's just just cute little details like that, just like pretty adorbs. Like her mm-hmm. her feet being flat, being the being the big scare. Like yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense, you know. And I, uh, I loved the line: "If my feet were always flat, I'd never wear heels." Yes, when when yes. she wears heels for the first, and I was like. I guess that's kind of smart because if her feet are like that, wearing heels would not hurt. So that mm-hmm. was, I thought that was like a clever observation as well. <laughs> There's a lot of like little things like that. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Where where she's like where she's like heels are not a tool of the patriarchy mm-hmm. for her because her feet are just built that way and then she goes out into the real world and she doesn't have those feetsies and she's like oh, this isn't comfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> and also the real world now hold on Misogyny. she she doesn't fuck with it and immediately she steps <laughs> into the real world and five seconds later she's like this ain't it <laughs> this is bottom barrel actually very quickly no she's like mm. she goes she tr- when she tries to go to the construction site yes feminine energy yeah and i was like oh god she's like this this is not not it at not all. it <laughs> where and then ken being so fucking geeked mm-hmm. my god there's this thing called patriarchy and it's and it's men and there's horses. There's men everywhere. And he's like looking at the billboard. He's looking at the men shaking their hands. He's like, men everywhere. That is so cool. <laughs> like it, God. it did make me think of like if you aren't if you weren't raised in patriarchy or in society mm-hmm. and then uh, but like well, I think I think I saw a tweet or something that's like before they go into the real world, even though Barbie Land is maybe what like the audience would consider like more of like a uh, matriarchy or like a very like woman ran space, mm-hmm. there really isn't gender as a concept in yeah. Barbie Land until Ken comes back and starts telling the other Kens about um, patriarchy. It's just. Barbies and Kens, but that doesn't mm-hmm. really have. We understand that as like women and men, but mm-hmm. the characters or like the dolls themselves yeah. don't see it that way. Yeah, they see um, it as like we we are the Kens and those are the Barbies, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that. <laughs> yeah, and so then when it's not until Ken goes into the world and is like seen as a man or sees men or sees mm-hmm. people who are not Barbies mm-hmm. and that then he takes on the identity of man whereas mm-hmm. and now Ken becomes a man rather than rather than how the movie starts where Ken is just Ken Ken isn't a man mm-hmm. Ken is just Ken so yeah. I think that like that was an interesting concept of like what what because we see barbie shock for seeing patriarchy for the first time but also she is Uh witnessing patriarchy from the perspective of someone who's being treated as a woman Mm -hmm. and how that is not fun whereas like what is it like to just by nature of being yourself be gifted the power of society (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it has to be overwhelming in another way so, yeah, and and we see him like literally become like drunk on power. Yes, in, with that. Yes, and he and the entitlement that he mm-hmm. feels of like, and so can I just be a lifeguard? And he's mm-hmm. like, and the guy's like, um, dude, like you need qualifications, <laughs> and he's yeah. like, but otherwise, I just need to be a man and like maybe have some qualifications and then i can just do whatever the fuck i want to that is crazy yeah like he's, he's so like, geeked by that when the doctor's like you can't perform surgery and he's like but i'm a man and she's like, <laughs> so you're not a doctor but i'm a man and it's like but the thing is 
is that probably fucking before medical school or whatever the fuck like back yeah. there before there were x-rays or shit like that <laughs> really all they had to do was be a man and say i'm a doctor like what what, what else the fuck so right. do you have any like criticisms or critiques of but i'd say like besides the obvious like some people are like oh how are you enjoying this this is such liberal white feminism da, da, da. and i'm like it's a barbie movie <laughs> What it, the writing credit is not Angela Davis. What were you expecting? <laughs> like Asada Shakur is not proofwriting the screenplay in Cuba. Like what? Like oh my gosh, the feminism is so mel- and so surface level. And it's it, written by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Let's start star- there. Like starring Margot Robbie and America Ferrera or whatever her last name like, is. Like please, hello. I don't. What, what expectations were you, were you having? Truly. God. So that aside, what mm-hmm. criticisms or did you have any? When the daughter confronts, well, when she goes up to the girls and she's like so convinced that all girls love her because she's Barbie. Mm-hmm. And the girls are like, um, no, you actually represent all the evils of society. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? How am I a fascist? And she's, like, crying on the sidewalk. She yeah. cried so damn much. Barbie is a crier. That's what Barbie yeah. is. She, she's crying on the sidewalk, like, I don't control the f- flow of commerce or the trains. Everyone mm-hmm. laughing about that. I'm like, why does... I don't really get that. Why is everyone laughing at this? Because, like, Barbie doesn't understand why she's being blamed for those things and she doesn't have control when really the reason why the daughter was blaming her for for those things is because like barbie is a product that's being like moved so like like the economic or the ecological damage of capitalism she's like i can't control that but obviously the the teen daughter represents like the criticisms of barbie yeah well like if barbie didn't exist then we wouldn't have the productions of barbie and like what that actually means i think was the criticism from the teen girl hmm like if people didn't want barbies then barbies wouldn't be made and then Mm -hmm. that would be less barbies in the world yeah i i felt like the teen girl sort of representation of barbies as themselves uh barbie as anti-feminist as like a product Mm -hmm. um and as like a toy was interesting in this regard because it's like uh, speaking of feminism and like internet discourse i think Mm -hmm. the the split internet discourse around barbie of like it's really bad or it's really good or people being like actually barbies are feminist actually barbies are anti-feminist or whatever Mm -hmm. is just very interesting to me because it's like a barbie is a doll and it is a product it's a toy and as a toy and as a doll and as a product it obviously represents something within society (laughs) and it is it exists within the larger cultural force as both 
a product of it and also a reinforcer of those things. And part mm-hmm. of the humor of Barbie is that Barbie herself doesn't really understand that the existence of Barbies did not actually solve misogyny because the problem wasn't that, oh, now women can be anything they want to be because mm-hmm. Barbie dolls showed them that they can be whatever they want. The The problem is misogyny. Like, <laughs> yeah. if Barbies didn't exist, there would be... Uh, there's other dolls. There's other cultural productions that reinforce specific types specific types of beauty standards for women Mm. and girls that shape women and girls desires for their bodies and their self-image like Mm -hmm. that's just the truth of the situation barbie is is like it barbie is like a symptom of our culture as opposed to the cause of the problems and it's like yeah that's kind of the end-all be-all of any like discourse surrounding this i think yeah i think like for the points that the movie points that -hmm. the movie was trying to make and i think also structure wise i found the like kendom patriarchy and barbie land Mm -hmm. bit to last a little long like i feel like we don't actually seen see barbie land ran by the barbies for that long like we Mm -hmm. see it in the beginning and then they're in the real world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then when barbie comes back ken has already been back and Mm -hmm. it's all changed and i feel like since we since we know by the nature of american film and just what the story is we all know that the barbies are going to win in the end somehow whatever that looks like for barbie whatever however the movie's gonna deal that out we know that the kingdom is going to be defeated Mm -hmm. so knowing that i feel like we like live in that and see that for a little too long like we see Mm -hmm. douchey ken and like the broiness and like the brewski jokes like just Mm -hmm. a little too long i think to actually get the point across and then it's like okay once the ken and patriarchy kind of like falls in on itself okay now barbie land is fixed like we actually don't see the restoration of barbie land in any way and i think even even from the liberal perspective potentially or like from the girl boss perspective i think Mm -hmm. the points that the mom character america's character makes that is like essentially like deprogramming but essentially like Mm -hmm. radicalizing Mm -hmm. the barbies are like not that strong i think Mm -hmm. for what that scene or like what those interactions are supposed to represent which is like women talking to each other about their reality is what actually can like radicalize women outside of to to break free of like patriarchal thinking cycles Mm -hmm. and i think that that's an important thing and a valuable thing for a film to show and so i'm not against the film showing that as like the narrative turning point however i think like she's not making the strongest points even like Mm -hmm. even not from a a lot of people are criticizing the america ferrera monologue not a lot of people Mm -hmm. i've just seen a lot of on my Mm -hmm. timeline on my feed i think there's been criticism about the america ferrera monologue yeah because 
yeah, it's it's not strong. <laughs> which which is like such a shame because I, I I think going in that direction again for like what that scene and what the monologues stand for and how it's moving the story is strong and mm-hmm. smart. It's just the words that were actually written to be mm-hmm. said <laughs> were, were just like not the strongest points that could be made. I think even mm-hmm. just, especially for I think how apt and smart I found Greta Gerwig to be, and especially I think in in her observations of girlhood and womanhood, and in, in her other writings, and also just like her eye as a director, like. I think mm-hmm. is is very solid, and it so says Noah like, Baumbach co-wrote that shit. Yeah. Now why is a man? But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's the Barbie movie. Yeah. Come on now. So, but you know, so there's that. I also think like this. This might be petty, but the mm-hmm. thing about like everyone loves or i don't know if everyone loves but like people are really going crazy for like the dance scene and Mm -hmm. the ken song but the Mm -hmm. thing is that this movie is not a musical Mm -hmm. and i think that if you want a musical number that is musical adjacent in which the logic of the film is that it is not random and absurd for people Mm -hmm. to be singing while things are happening you have to then actually put that into the logic of the film you then have Mm -hmm. to become a musical and if you have this one or two great musical numbers but you don't want to make a musical oh so sad that's what deleted scenes are for (laughs) like that Mm -hmm. like i think this this i feel like it has trouble um deciding if it wants to be a straight film or an actual campy film within itself and it also doesn't necessarily creates a divide where you can say oh barbie land is where the camp happens and the real world is where it's a straight film because mm-hmm. when she's in the real world and we see her at like the mattel headquarters we see that kind of it's also absurdity. ridiculous yes yeah and that ridiculousness so like especially with the ken scene and like him singing singing over the scene i am a huge musical fan i have nothing against musicals i love musical numbers however it's inappropriate in this film because there are no other musical numbers even Mm -hmm. in the dancing they're talking and i think it's evident that greta gerwig is not a dance director because if Mm -hmm. anyone who's seen dance on film and then you watch that scene and you're like so have you seen one bob fossey movie (laughs) (laughs) um but okay and um and then with that like it's like okay Especially if, like, you've been following the marketing of the film, which I feel yeah. like so many people have. Yeah. You know that the Ken song is coming, so does it seem out of place when you're watching it because you know that it's coming and you want to see it. But in the logic of the film, yeah, within the it film actually itself. doesn't make that... Yeah. It doesn't make where, sense Where the fuck either. was the Ken song again? When was this? I don't even remember. It was, it, was, it was when... Well, there's two. So there's, like, the one where they're all, like, singing on the guitar or whatever. Oh, and I think yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a little bit more sense, except yeah. for, like, the the cut to like 44 hours later or something and then it's like when they're all on the when when the war between the two factions of ken are fighting uh-huh. on the beach oh is yeah oh then they when, had a little musical number right 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 okay yeah and it's and it's I ryan remember. gosling's ken like singing on like the mm-hmm. jet ski or whatever on like the mm-hmm. fake waves and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's like Okay, but there's not enough musical numbers to actually 
sustain this within mm-hmm. within the logic of the film. And I also said it, I said it in real life, and I've said it to a couple other people, but I think that it would have been expensive and maybe a little bit hellish to shoot, but it should have either been on film or, like, real Technicolor. Mm-hmm. I think the cameras, at least in Barbie Land, like, I think if Barbie Land was filmed on film and then the mm-hmm. real life was filmed with, like, a digital camera or something, mm-hmm. that would have been a really fun way to make, um, a divide in terms of what feels what is reality versus what is a projection of reality which mm-hmm. is essentially what film is and I think that that would have been another element because there's sometimes when I was watching this where I was like this is too clear it feels like I'm watching yes. this movie through a clean window rather yes. than watching something that has been recorded and mm-hmm. is actually not playing out in front of me mm-hmm. and there are times where I was like because the camera quality has gotten so good nowadays, mm-hmm. even the dolls look too human. Like yeah. the reason why mid like movies from the fifties and sixties and before obviously look doll like and their skin looks porcelain yeah. is because we couldn't see the fine lines on their yep. face. Yep. There's nothing wrong wrong with having fine lines, but mm-hmm. if you're gonna tell me that she's a Barbie I need some suspension of belief here. Right, like, right, right, So there are, like, things like that on the technical side or, like, from the filming side where I was, like, obviously sets, set. The, yeah. the sets were set. Costumes yeah. <laughs> to a We're team. costuming. Like, yeah. we're costuming. Makeup artistry, like, the beats, the actors were acting, capital yeah. A acting. Yeah. There were yeah. performances. I think that there are some parts on how the film actually looked as in how it was projected and details there that were potentially overlooked. Again, it could have been for budgeting. It could have been for logistics. I still think it's a well-made movie. Those are just some things from the aesthetic part where I was like, I think that could have bumped up the movie for me. That's, that's a really good point in terms of how it doesn't lean into camp or straight enough either Mm -hmm. way um and also the sort of musical not the musical that's not a musical situation that's happening i agree i think really like you should have this should have just been a movie musical and you should have cast like amanda seyfried as barbie like you should have just gotten right like you could have got and you could have had James Marsden as Ken and boom <laughs> now you have musical they <laughs> have musical well, Barbie I guess Ryan Gosling did the did La La Land so whatever yeah but the whole point of La La Land was that they were not musical theater actors <laughs> yeah well I mean in terms of being able to like sing and dance and perform and whatnot but mm-hmm. I, I feel like there are some moments where just in the script and in the dialogue it just didn't really hit for me in the way that mm-hmm. it's been hitting for other people and I don't think it's as thought-provoking as people are pretending or acting like it is there's a lot of tumblr discourse mm-hmm. why about- can't we just go to the movie theater to have a fun time <laughs> I have, I have nothing against the Barbie movie, but it is mm-hmm. not a feminist manifesto. It is not that deep, really. Really and truly, I don't think it's that deep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I had just, a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the Barbie movie. 
it's literally Barbie, okay? It's literally Barbie. Well, I saw a headline just in passing. I don't know how legit this is, but they're like, it was like, women in China are taking their boyfriends to see the Barbie movie and <laughs> to get, and using their reactions to it to gauge whether um, they're dateable or not. <laughs> like whether they're really? famous enough to date. Yeah, which I thought was so funny. A lot, like, of, a lot of men walking out in the movie theater being like, babe. If I was taught about the patriarchy, I'd never do that to women. <laughs> I would never be like Ken. I would never ask you to get me a brewski. <laughs> Babe, just so you know, you don't have to wear those little uh, a maid dress. You can just clean up after me in your pajamas. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh... I guess that's happening. I mean, listen, a lot of, I think, you know what's interesting? We were talking about this right after we saw it. It was like, mm-hmm. right-wing grifters went into this movie knowing that they had to hate it. Like, it didn't matter what they actually thought about it. They just knew that they had to hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like... Because on what? their burner letterbox, they're also giving it 3.5. <laughs> you know, you know, Ben Shapiro sat his ass down and did not hate watching that movie. <laughs> Like, you know, but you know that Ben Shapiro's job is to be Ben Shapiro. His job right. is to say that the woke left have gone too far and that Barbie <laughs> is a man-hating film that is actually terribly made because women can't direct and women can't act. When you know that he was tapping his toes and doing at least a little nostril laugh. Like, <laughs> you're telling Please. me that when, like, Will Ferrell and the execs get stumped at the at the turnstile and they can't find their card he he didn't laugh a little bit he didn't he can't laugh at a little physical comedy i i don't believe it you're telling me he saw barbie land set and wasn't like and that's an impressive feat by (laughs) by set designers you know that you know that if joe rogan fucking watched the barbie movie he would internally he'd be like and that was that was fine. That is a fun movie. And that was fine. But they'll but but they'll never say it. Right. Like you think that Barbie movie's gonna be the thing where Ben Shapiro's like, guys, and and this is a win for women. Like, no, like that was never gonna happen. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Right wing grifters are gonna grift. That's that's mm-hmm. the job, you know? Like Oh, uh, what do you think about lesbian subtext in barbie yeah i've been i've been seeing that around and that like barbie's a lesbian i'm gonna be honest (laughs) i wasn't picking up on it (laughs) i i was not i think i think the most obviously if there's any argument for a lesbian coded character in the film is weird barbie well yes i mean played by kate mckinnon right (laughs) lesbian coded that's a dyke yeah literally is the dyke of the Barbie universe for sure, right, and, right. and and it's so obvious. Uh-huh. But between, I was like, have y'all never just seen two women be friends? Like, like oh sometimes God. women are are just enamored <laughs> with each other, and that's fi- like that really was the chemistry. And listen, yeah. I'll do lesbian subtextual readings for. I, I'll butcherify salt and pepper from B- Blue's Clues. Like, don't even, <laughs> like, I'll go there, you know? No, 
I so, think Barbie is a lesbian, but not a lesbian for America Ferrera's character. Oh, just like in general because of how she treats Ken? Yeah, Barbie is a lesbian in the way that Barbies don't have gender, so they can be whatever they want. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, sure. I'm not going to be like, and I think this is where in the movie they said that they're explicitly straight. It just wasn't something that necessarily, like, right? I'm not going to like, Hitler style, you know, <laughs> head explain <laughs> like the Barbie movie. It's just something that right. when I was watching, I was like, this feels more girl powery than yes. she doesn't les- like gay. dislike Ken because she's gay. She dislikes Ken mm-hmm. because he's Ken. She doesn't have any real interest in him. Mm-hmm. What does he offer her? She's Barbie. Her friends have careers, thriving, <laughs> interesting careers against multiple fields, and Ken's job is beach. That's why she's not interested in Ken. What the fuck is Ken going to talk about? She can talk about politics. She can talk about the medical field. She can talk about construction. She can talk about cooking. I like astro science. Like they're having riveting conversations at Girls Night, and. Ken's going to talk about waves that don't move, (laughs) a volleyball game that happens every day, sand. Right. 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 (laughs) That's why all Barbies are gay, because what can a Ken offer? But, I mean, look at how many women out here are happy with the most useless husbands you've ever seen. (laughs) And we'll stay ten toes down, you know. So it's like, what? What does who? Do, what does this person have to offer? That hasn't been an argument for many straight women. A straight woman will tell you that their husband can't offer anything, and will still say that they're happy in their marriage. And if they are, <laughs> congrats to them. I it just couldn't be me. Please, yeah. Like, what do you bring to the table? And it's like, well, well. Beach. Exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah. Beach. That's that. Not even life that's card. Funny. That's actually a misconception of of the lesser job that is not a job that is beach. <laughs> yeah, I also liked her little bit about stereotypical Barbie. Like she's stereotypical mm-hmm. Barbie. I mean, what did you think about Kate McKinnon's character with weird Barbie and whatnot? Uh, I mean, I liked, I liked the character. I liked that the character wasn't mean or angry, despite <laughs> the clear isolation. Like everyone was like apologizing for me, like sorry for calling you weird, Barbie, to your face and behind your back. Yeah. But when given all the opportunities or asked any questions, uh, Kate McKinnon's character never was like vengeful. Yeah. To or she didn't which seem... I think is actually important uh-huh. in terms of, like not representing internalized misogyny, like not yeah. internalizing like. I don't trust women because they have been, you know, mean and cruel to me. And even when there's, like, the implication that, like, stereotypical's worst nightmare is becoming weird Barbie, mm-hmm. you know? And she's like, thanks. Which, but I also think is, speaks more to, like, when someone's like, oh, I can never be a hairy, man-hating dyke. And mm-hmm. then it's like, but when you're confident in that shit, it's like, okay, like, whatever. It's like, sure. And I am. Yeah. <laughs> Like, right, you don't hate lesbians. Okay, well, yeah. that doesn't... I'm not spooked, so yeah. Yeah. now what? Yeah. Um, but I can never... But be, I, th- right? like, like I, th- I think Kate McKinnon has, like, a physicality that's very funny and a delivery. Like, I think Kate McKinnon's natural comedic leanings mm-hmm. helped with the role in a mm-hmm. way that in other roles have been, like, 
maybe grating or repetitive and i think uh-huh. here it really works in her favor yeah and also i, I think like the the design like the makeup as in like the drawings on the face yeah. and like the choppy hair and the yeah. mismatch clothes and <laughs> like the broken toys around uh-huh. and like yeah i thought i thought and like the funky house that's kind of on the outskirts like i just right. thought it, it added a nice contrast because i think the whole point of barbie land or the stereotypical barbie amongst the other barbies is like they're the same but different in a uh-huh. way like they're Whereas, like, to have a truly, like, outskirts weird bar... Or, like, what is considered weird when the whole point is that, like, oh, we're all different and women can be successful yeah. in their own ways. Like, it, it just added a nice a nice flavor mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. To, to the landscape. In a way, like, it made Barbie land... We know what it's supposed to be, but, like, not boring. Like, I think mm-hmm. weird Barbie helped add dimension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, we're getting to the point of the episode where mm-hmm. we struggle to find recommendations. Right. Actually, I don't have a struggle. Once again. This <gasps> week. You don't. Wow. Good for you. Oh, I don't either. Guys. We got it. Isn't that crazy? Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yes. I recommend, and I think that this is actually a great recommendation for the Barbie episode, the original Hairspray 1988 version directed by John Waters. And it, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with either Hairspray, the stage musical, or Hairspray, the remake, which came out in like 2007, I believe. Hold on, actually, let me check. Yeah, 2007. And one thing that I knew less about or expected less um the original hairspray is not a musical there's music and there's still the corny collins show so we see the characters dancing but it's not musical in the way that the remake is Mm -hmm. but we a lot of the lines that kick off the songs in hairspray Mm -hmm. are in the original movie so i kept being like that's a lyric that's a lyric and Mm -hmm. then it's like oh this is the original movie yeah but I will say... Because like, it was the movie the, that the musical was based off of, or what? Yeah. Ah. Yes. Because uh, Hairspray, the 2007 version, that's also... Like, the stage musical and the musical movie are, like, the same in terms of, like, soundtrack and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the 1988 version is not a musical. Yeah. So I think um, the people who wrote the music for Hairspray, the musical, obviously loved because they were gay, so they watched john mm-hmm. waters films mm-hmm. and loved it and thought this would make a good musical and then made it into a musical i see i see yeah so um the 1988 version was not made with the intention of it being a musical to my knowledge but it follows like essentially the same thing and i will say it's like a lot more or not maybe a lot more crass but it's like i feel like the 2007's version is very sanitized like uh-huh. politically for the audience sanitized yeah. version and it's a lot more comfortable to sit with whereas like this film shows detroit in the 50s because obviously hairspray if you're familiar with it talks about like racism and the racial divide and mm-hmm. um desegregation yeah john waters grew up in detroit in the 50s so like, the yeah. racist things that are in the movie are not John Waters being racist. It's yeah. because that's really what people were saying. Yeah. He's observing shit was happening. and then recreating the shit that exactly. is true and real. And, yeah. yeah. And, like, set-wise, looks-wise, like, 
wise because obviously it's filmed on film yes. has like it has the look of almost what I thought of what I what my criticisms of the Barbie movie like what you are. wanted it to be like it's, yes mm-hmm. like it's like if Barbie movie was like how it was but just looked a little bit more like how Hairspray is I think that would be um, fun and also Divine the famous drag queen is in the film mm. and she was in a lot of John Waters films as well and Debbie Harry from Blondie is in it as well so it's a pretty it's a pretty fun cast because there's some people who like this is their major role and yeah. then there are some like celeb celebs yeah. in there John John Waters was having fucking any <laughs> anyone in his movies um <laughs> any damn and it's person. 92 minutes uh-huh. yeah any damn person it's 92 minutes it's fun a very like indie Gay film, queer film, staple. Yeah, yeah. So, for sure. Yeah, I recommend it. Cool. Yay. Mm-hmm. Well, my recommendation is this book that no one seems to like but me. And that mm-hmm. is Diquette by Jenny Fran Davis. So, Diquette is... <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Think of the most delusional, craziest, high femme, lesbian bitch you know. And then she wrote, well, don't point at me. (laughs) 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 And then think Mm -hmm. and then she wrote a book about her real life experiences going to for Christmas, going to like upstate New York and some some gorgeous nice ass cabin house thing with like two other butch femme lesbian couples and tea and drama occurs because it's all these like instagram dykes and like one of them well okay no so our main character's name is sasha and it's obviously a self-insert main character for jenny Fran davis mm-hmm. the author who wrote an essay called like high camp or high femme camp or something like that i haven't read it yet but she mentions writing and posting writing and publishing the essay and then the twitter storm and outrage that it caused in this book diquette so like it is auto-fictional because that is something mm. that did happen there's also mm-hmm. mention of biphobia in <laughs> diquette biphobia cancellation on twitter because one of the oh my god it's so fucking our funny. print our future no. are we getting are we getting residuals for this whatever publishing well, no, residuals because the are. thing is is that because oh my, it's there's so... this unnamed lesbian podcast that gets canceled for biphobia no, the thing is is that literally okay one of the couples who comes to the fucking like place is miranda and i think jules okay so there's lou and darcy Miranda, Jules, and then our main character is Sasha, and then her butch boyfriend, Jesse, who uses he and she pronouns. So, mm-hmm. throughout, at the very beginning of Diquette, <laughs> Sasha overhears like a Zoom therapy call that Jesse has where. <laughs> I'm already. A Zoom therapy call in a, in a cabin full of lesbians. Like my worst. I'd reschedule. Well, no, they're not at like cabin full of lesbians yet they're just at their own like oh, house okay. or apartment they're all like very much new york city dykes it's very funny anyway so they're at their house and whatnot and like sasha overhears jesse say something to her, his therapist being like oh, and i just feel like she's like too selfish to love me or whatever and sasha's like 
what? But she knows she can't bring it up to him. She's like, anyway, so the whole book, like, that's the beginning of the book. And then we see them go to this, like, cabin. And, like, they're making all these different, like, foods and drinks for Christmas. And they're going out. She brought her dog with her. For, uh, has some fuck-ass name, like, Vanessa or something. Veronica, some shit like that. Like, Miranda or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They She brings her pet with her. They go, it's, like, snowing, like... Whatever. It was, it was very, oh my God. It was giving queer ultimatum. (laughs) No, I was like, sounds like it. Fucking sounds like it. But also, it's like, queer ultimatum, if everyone had a PhD in gender studies. So like, words. (laughs) Well, because, no, it was so funny. This is why we're losing carpenters. We're losing plumbers. Well, okay. In Diquette, basically, I think Lou is, I think Lou is like a they, them, like stud. And mm-hmm. Lou owns like this Brooklyn like like houseware shop that's like very successful. Like their Instagram is like popping because they make these little quirky little like th- like house decor items that bitches are snapping up because you know how the hoes are in terms of quirky ass aesthetic house items. So they make that. Mm-hmm. Jules, the other butch, in is an older some an older lesbian who has their own like talk show a la like a political talk show a la like i don't know like samantha b or whatever the fuck like but they Mm -hmm. are but she is like like a real ass like butch lesbian who like has her who has a partner named miranda and so she's like an outlet one of the first like out lesbians in media and apparently sasha met jules at like a lesbians in media conference or something in new york anyway jules Mm -hmm. is dating this woman named miranda who is this femme bisexual question mark who is a therapist who has a podcast with another therapist where they talk about their like being therapists <laughs> and, and then Miranda is the one who gets canceled for being biphobic and I remember in the book in the book I mean character is like wait but isn't Miranda bi anyways and it's just so funny like the book is such a fucking romp because it's so like cerebral in that like literary fiction mm-hmm. lesbian way but it's also oh mm-hmm. my god and like the various like sex scenes and shit like that are like (laughs) like some of it is bearable some of it is fine but some of it is just like oh my god you're fucking kidding me there's a sauna at this fucking cabin there's yeah there's like it is it oh and darcy is this bitch who is like kind of Instagram famous and whatever and she's like an Instagram model and Sasha is so jealous of her hates Darcy for being this femme lesbian who she fucking hates because she's like oh she has that like she's like pretty in this way and like I know Jesse wants her but like no like and she like basically there's this there's this like fucked up love triangle happening but not really because Darcy's there with her they friend so it's like dark this is a war on like it is it's very funny but it's also very real and there are multiple times during the book where i just had to like pause it and just age bowl like just just (laughs) laugh my ass off because of how real it was in a very serious Mm -hmm. way like but also at how fucking ridiculous it was okay also like i think the book cover is this, like, naked woman, like, like 
holding mm-hmm. this big cardinal, this big bird. And I think like within the book, in the book, towards the beginning, she's like, Sasha's like talking to Jesse and being like, or she's talking about how earlier or towards the beginning of their relationship or whatnot, she they had looked at this painting together at a museum and she was like, this is us. You're the bird and that's me. And she goes on a whole thing mm-hmm. about, like, how it is. And there's a lot. There's so many references to, like, butch femme culture and community and the ways that they, like, honor it and the ways that they sort of pay homage to it in, in their lives as, like, 20, 30-something and then older lesbians in, mm-hmm. like, the, the cool, weird, hip, artsy, successful dyke world. And... In New York, and it's, like, very fun to see, because it's, like, you guys are very... It's very simultaneously, like, genuine, while also being so, like, facetious and, like, signifying, and, like, it's it's just really... It has that hilarity that I really enjoy, but I can understand why people don't like it in terms of people finding the main character unbearable or whatnot like hmm. i'm sure mm-hmm. that's i mean it has like a 3.19 rating on goodreads and that's low as fuck so mm-hmm. and it has over a thousand ratings so i mean hmm. interesting and so yeah that is all we have for you today yes i hope you enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed our thoughts on barbie since i know a lot of y'all a lot of y'all when y'all saw that we posted that we saw it wanted to know um if we'd have an episode on it so i hope you guys enjoyed yes and we didn't disappoint (laughs) exactly and and we will talk to y'all later Bye. bye